0: Good morning. We're going to get started by reading Psalm 25 together. So if you could unseat and um, we'll start. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame but shame will come on those who are treacherous without cause. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from the old. Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways, According to your love, remember me, for you, Lord, are good. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful toward those who keep the commandments of sin. A little bit
1: later today in the service, we'll be doing a song that maybe new to some of you. So we're going to go ahead and teach you the chorus right now. Let's listen to Janet Lynn sing this for us. Come, Lord Jesus.
0: perfect people and we all need prayer so we're rooted in prayer and we'd love to pray for you if you have something on your heart or something that you just would love to have us pray for we have a team of people who will be praying throughout the week along with our staff so you can write your request on the prayer card and put that in the ushers basket when they come along And if you're new, we want to extend a special welcome to you. We would love to connect with you. So as well, if you could put your information on the prayer card or the connect card and let us know your email address, we'll get you involved in everything happening in the life of the church. So speaking about the life of the church, we have some exciting events coming up this coming week. Mark your calendar for summer movie nights, which is Friday, July 26th. So summer movie nights take place here at the church, and they're for everybody, not just for families with kids who are looking to get the rascals out of the house. So definitely come out and enjoy some time, meeting some new people. We have a lot of new people moving into the area in the summertime, and they're looking for a new church, and they might come to summer movie nights. So it would be a great opportunity for you to get to meet them and welcome them to our community. So it's free, there's gonna be a movie, it's Lego 2, there's gonna be popcorn and games. It starts at 6.30 with the movie starting at 7.30, so come anytime and hang out with us. Also, we have a Youth H2O Day happening Saturday the 27th. That is for our students in grades six to 12, and I'm so excited to send my 12 year old to Youth H2O Day, so he's not on his device on a Saturday, and he's out playing with friends, and enjoying a great time with Ryan, who is our youth leader, and just getting to enjoy other kids who are in their same age and stage, having fun learning about God. So if you want your kids to attend that, let Ryan know. You can email him or call the church office and join us for Youth H208. And now we'll have him to come
2: just my prayer. Father um, God, uh, we know that you have a plan for us and have lessons for us three-year plans. Ever since I became a young professional, from um, California to North Carolina three years ago, I started to suffer from lots of challenges in my job, my personal relationship, and dealing with pressure. However, after these challenges, I grew up and became stronger. And now, uh, after three years, I get a chance back to California and pray here with um, brothers and sisters here in La Hoya Community Church. I really cannot describe by how much I really want to thank you and your amazing plan, uh, your love, your wisdom for our lives. Father, I pray that you may give everyone here today a spirit of wisdom and uh, revelation, so that we may know you better, better know right from wrong, and confirm our faith in you. I pray that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened and order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, the riches of your glorious inheritance and fellowship with your holy people. Thank you for your incomparable great power, mercy, and love for all who believe in the name of Jesus. All glory and honor to you, the only wise God. Amen. Great,
3: thank you so much. Uh, It's a scary thing to get up and lead in prayer, and so uh, thank you for doing that. It's a lot easier than teaching university students, isn't it? So uh, if you're asked to pray, uh, let your first answer be absolutely yes and then faint. Don't say no, I can never do that. Uh, Because we need uh, our congregation to be willing to step up and lead us in prayer to the Lord. And this is one of the beautiful things we get to contribute. Uh, and, And so if you're asked to do anything in this church, Consider that a call from God to get to use your gifts to bless other people, even if you feel like, oh, maybe it might be inconvenient or a little scary, but this is how we grow. So thank you again for stepping up and answering that invitation to lead us in part of it. Well, I hope you're having a good summer. Uh, we are having a great series talking about wisdom and bite-sized pieces, and uh, I'm so delighted that my dear friend Ben Patterson uh, is here. My personal bodyguard is coming up. Uh, ben uh, has been one of those great leading um, influential pastors in America for a very long time in terms of what he's written by way of books and journal articles, uh, his, his, his uh, incredible capacity to communicate deep things in a very accessible way. The last couple of decades he's been influencing generations of university students at Hope College and then at Westmont. And so uh, he comes with some deep and, and wonderful insights about wisdom mainly learn from having four kids and a very patient wife, I would say, that's been the big tutorial for you. Uh, so some of you have experienced Ben. Uh, Connie Evans is, is one of the key leaders in children's ministry here. She started a Bible study in ninth grade with Loretta Patterson, uh, and they've influenced lots and lots of people. Susie Wilbur, uh, I think you guys have a bit way back, for sure. And so, delightful having you back uh, here in Loretta. So let's welcome uh, Ben Patterson.
4: Hey uh, Lego Two, um, I gotta be honest with you. I've not seen it. I can't imagine how any movie could be interesting with Legos in it. But everything I hear about it, it's really good. So I, I'm thinking I probably have to rent it or do something like that. Legos in a movie? Well, all my kids love the movie, so hope you enjoy it. That has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about this evening, <laughs> this morning, anyway. Wisdom in bite-sized pieces. That's a good title. Uh, for a series on the theme as weighty and as meaty as wisdom. And in addition to that, I've been assigned a uh, subtopic, which is who determines right and wrong. Now, I want to let you know right away, the short answer is God. So if you don't get that from me later on, I, I blew it as a communicator. And we'll get to that. And there's some nuances to that. There's some things we need to take into consideration. But uh, but I want to talk about this, this bite-sized wisdom. Uh, why bite-sized? I'm amused by the uh, bulletin with the guy, really hasty-looking little morsel. And uh, sometimes Muslims that way. Uh, sometimes it's uh, like spinach. Uh, it's good for you, but well, uh, doesn't taste that good. But it's always nourishing. Now, bite size is good because, like a child learning to eat a steak, you need to uh, cut it up in little pieces or grind it up into a puree. Or she may choke, a choke, a choke on them, what you've been giving her. And the Bible's an adult book. It's, uh, I've always found it fun, you should try this here, get a neon sign and put it outside your church on the weekends saying adult books. <laughs> <laughs> and then they walk in and there's a stack of Bibles. That's what the Bible really is. We have to dumb it down uh, to make it accessible to children. And I happened
3: to be one of those children who uh,
4: had it dumbed down for him. Because I was not raised in the church. Uh, until uh, junior high, I, I I didn't like church. And my folks were kind of backslidden Christians. I, I became a Christian to a, a child of outreach in our community. And uh, so I wasn't yet a Christian. I wasn't yet a believer. I mean I was you know, somewhat respectful. But I learned a song that uh, I have had I'd known now. I'm 76. So I'm thinking maybe when I was age 10, I learned this song. I've been thinking about it for 66 years. And it's about wisdom. So I'm going to sing it for you. And uh, some of you probably already know the song. The wise man built this house upon the rock. The wise man built this house upon the rock. The wise man built this house upon the rock. And the rain came falling down. Okay, start doing hand motions. The rains came down and the floods came up. <laughs> the rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the flood came up. And the house on the rocks started to The foolish man built his house on the, the man built house on the sand. The foolish man built this house on the sand. The foolish man built this house on the sand. And the rains came falling down. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. Rains came down, the floods came up, and the house on the sand went crash. And we did something to that. I can't remember what we did. But it, it, it was fun. And uh, I've never forgotten this all. Uh, seeds uh, were planted in me that I've been thinking about ever since. And so as I, as I talk about you know, biblical wisdom and uh, try to address the question of how do we know what's Wise and what's foolish. I want you to think about what I started thinking about 66 years ago. Uh, number one, in that song, I learned the very words of Jesus. And when I did that, a, a trajectory, our trajectories were set. Seeds were planted; they begin to germinate. So, the words of Jesus from Matthew 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into the practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And By the way, Luke's version of this, he includes a phrase that Matthew doesn't include. Now, I'm sure Jesus said it, uh, but I, I like the, just the added dimension that Luke brings to it when he says, uh, Jesus said, he dug down deep and built his house on the rock. So it suggests that sometimes uh, there's good foundation but you have to go deep. Uh, maybe in your heart, even in your soul, in whatever, to get to where the good foundation is. Well, anyway, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. It had its foundation on the rock. And you uh, ever been in a house but the rain is just torrential, and it's loud, and, and, and there's hail, and it's scary, and, and, and the house is just standing. It's a good feeling. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, it's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teachers of <coughs> law. So I've been saying that, thinking about it, and. Uh, the very words of Jesus. I began to think about the fact that wisdom uh, is not intellect, Uh, it's not intelligence, it's not genius. Uh, Wisdom is to hear and obey the words of Jesus. And to be sure, I mean, wisdom can be enhanced by intelligence and by education. But we also know that sometimes intelligence and and, and intellect, uh, it's like like being a fast runner and you're on the wrong road. Mm -hmm. And the very gift of your speed is the detriment because the the faster you can run, the farther you can get from where you needed to start. Uh, I think in the 25 years I spent in higher education, that the history of, uh, especially modern philosophies, uh, gives example after example of how smart people can be really stupid. In this sense, really foolish. Uh, the same thing about a lot of colleges. You know? uh, it's, it's amazing that the stuff... I, I saw this book, I, I looked it up, I couldn't find it. But it was a 10 dumb things that you have to have a PhD to believe. And, uh, and so I'm not that PhD and right? I've been living with these folks. These are my friends. And, I, and I'm thankful for them. But I also know that what Jesus means by wisdom is not how smart you are, uh, how intelligent you are, how good of an education you have. And I started thinking about that 66 years ago, uh, the the implications of these words of Jesus. Uh, Secondly, I, I was introduced to the whole book of Proverbs in the Bible. I hadn't read Proverbs, and it would be a while before I read Proverbs but the wise man and the fool is everywhere in the book of Proverbs. Uh, the fear of the Lord, this is the topic sentence of the book of Proverbs, a book, a book about wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, foolishness, by implication here, and is repeated over and over again in the book, is willful it is the, uh, the willful suppression of truth. And of course, when I read that topic sentence from Proverbs uh, 1-7, I, it raised a few questions for me. Now, I had I become a Christian. I, I learned from Jesus that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And that's, it's all about love. And it's about loving God. And, and then I'm told that wisdom, however, begins with Fearing God. Now what can the Bible mean by that fear? I've been thinking about it for six years. And some things have become very clear to me. Uh, Fear marvelously focuses the mind. Uh, I think it was uh, Fyodor Bosieski who was put before a fire squad. He gave the dirty trick that the the, the Zar was playing on young dissidents. There were no bullets in the guns, but but everybody just they were going to die. And, but after the experience, and made, I, I've heard other people say this, I don't know if it was him for sure, but he said that the prospect of standing before a firing squad marvelously focuses the mind. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, we're not to be afraid of God like I'm afraid of snakes. I, I've got a totally irrational, phobic aversion to, to, to this reptile. No, we're to... We're to well, it's, it's like the, the story about the, the, you know, the battleship, you know coursing through the North Atlantic in the middle of a fog, and uh, there's a flashing light on the horizon. And so the, uh, the ship uh, sends a message to the light that says, uh, alter your course ten degrees south. And the message came back to the light and said, uh, alter your course ten degrees south. Well the uh, captain of the ship was kind of irritated by that, so he, he radioed back and said, now, uh, this is the captain of a battleship, alter your course 10 degrees south. And the uh, message came back. Uh, this is ensign colbert. Uh, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a lighthouse. Okay. Fear the lighthouse. Or no. Fear what the lighthouse is there to protect you from. The lighthouse is planted in a place you don't so I began to understand something here. This is vital. That how can I love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, love my neighbors, myself, if I don't respect the Lord God with everything in me? That I don't. That my that my regard for God, the first the first petition in the Lord's Prayer, "Hallowed be Thy name," if that is not to me like a lighthouse protecting me rocks world whirlpools. And how can I love him if I don't have the same respect? So I began to think about that. Uh, Proverbs 9.10 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Uh, Proverbs 4.7 I love this. Uh, the beginning of wisdom is this. Oh, Get it. <laughs> get wisdom. So it costs all you have, get understanding. So the wise person is a contemplator. Oh, yeah, that's true. You meditate on what's wise, but it's vigorous contemplation. Go after it. And as what I love, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Okay. Proverbs 4.23. I'll come back to that. So I began to think about that. I mean, again, I wasn't full blown, but this is what so much preaching is, so much Bible studies are about. You don't get it all. You don't download it like like in The Matrix. You download stuff, you got your little champion, you know, martial arts guy or whatever. No, you you, you just meditate, you feast on it, and it begins to change you. Well, then I began to ponder in my little 10-year-old mind the fact that life can be hard. And often is. There are rains. And floods. Hmm. That's just implicit there. Build your house on the rock because the rain will come down. The floods will come down. Uh, my great uh, spiritual mentor, whom I've never met, who read all of his books, C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, he says, you know, it's a, uh, It's difficult in life, and you, you need to be ready for it by building yourself something that's solid. Uh, I, I was born in 1942, so all of the early war movies I watched were, uh, were about World War II, and most of them starred John Wayne or someone like John Wayne. So I don't know which movie this came out of, but, but it was Sergeant Stryker. Stryker was a uh, he was a Marine DI. He was he was training young men for combat in the South Pacific. And he had a real slacker in his group of of, of trainees. And and he he was was hard on them because he wanted to save their lives. He wanted them to be ready for what they're going to have to face. uh, (laughs) So this line, again, I I think it was John Wayne or someone like him, but he said, Son, life is hard. But it's harder for (laughs) students. Well, that's what Jesus is implying right now. Rains are hard and floods are hard, they're a lot harder built on sand. That could devastate. And then fourthly, although I didn't understand a lot about it, I began to think that wisdom must be essential. Uh, A matter of life and death. There are fearful choices to be made. Listen to Jesus. Do what he says. Fear, in this sense, and do good things. So again, quoting Lewis, my, my hero, Christianity is false, is of no importance. The true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And Pascal, a great 17th century philosopher and mathematician, he said, if he count on human beings, we fear what we ought not to fear. And we don't fear what we should fear. So, the thoughts about wisdom and how essential it is, and, and implicit in this passage from, from Matthew, and in that song I sang, is someone determines what's wise and foolish, uh, what's right and what's wrong, and the short answer is God. But you're thinking, as I have, how do I know what God meant? Uh, there are so many interpretations. Uh, it's more than a matter of just information, and yes that's true but I want to try to critique what pulls us back if I can. So there's two things you need to know if you're going to know what's right and wrong, what's wise and foolish. Uh, you need to know God and His ways. He's given us the book. Uh, the, the best line on the book itself, in the book, is 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Here's what it says about the Bible. Now, all scripture is God-breathed. Now, as far as we know, St. Paul uh, coined that phrase. We can't find it anywhere else in classical coined Greek. So uh, it's clear what he wants us to think about. Now, you're, if you're a, you know, a Jew, reading that, or most of the rest of the Bible, he said, God breathed. Oh, yeah, that sounds just like what God did at the very beginning for the first humans. He breathed His breath into the first human, and that one became a living being. So, uh, Paul wants us to know that just as God's breath animated the first human being, it continues to be breathed into the words of His book, the Bible. All Scripture. So when you read Scripture, you're not just reading Scripture. If you're reading it seriously, and if you want to know what's right and what's wrong, what's wise and what's foolish, you, you come to this an expectation. And sometimes our, all of our Bible reading and church attendance fails us on that one right there. We don't we don't come expecting, but but it begins with the expectation that it, God's Holy Spirit will breathe through these pages, and then the, the, ver- the verses go on, and it is useful for. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the people of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, you know, I'll mix my metaphors here. Know God and His ways. And the place you need to start is with His book. And again, I'll mix my metaphors. Don't just read it. marinate it. Soak it way uh, the flavor of a piece of meat is altered by what it's soaking in. I met a man uh, some years ago at 12 Meadows, Yosemite. His name was Carl Sharstman. And uh, he was uh, he was very, very old. Uh, as a young forest ranger, he had been in there uh, when they brought, the, sadly, when they brought the last Native American out of Yosemite Valley. And he'd been there all his life. He loved... Ascending. And uh, he was giving us a tour, and it actually it was in the middle of a rainstorm, and thunder rolls all around. And here's this old guy. It just moves me to think about him. He loved the woods. And his, his vision was getting bad. Uh, his, even his olfactory systems were kind of failing. But, but he was so acquainted with the forest, he could just touch it. He could touch the bark, he could touch the leaves. he could touch whatever and he could tell it was. Now, that's more than just you know, reading, passing your test uh, before Scripture. That isn't loving what you're learning. And I would say that's the way it should be by reading of Scripture. Uh, the Lord says in Scripture, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask for it. Remember Jesus told his disciples, "Go into all the world and make disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to practice everything I have commanded you to do. Uh, you have to be a disciple to make disciples. Every Christian is an apprentice. Uh, wisdom is not an online counsel. It's acquired over time in the community. You do it together and you do it together by gathering around his word and studying and discussing and believing scripture. Uh, I I like to travel to the historical parts of the country. You can go to some <laughs> some parts, the, especially the northeastern part of the United States. Lots of American history. And I read the story about some villages up there where a lot of famous people grew up, and the tourists that were just kind of driving the people in the village crazy. And, and so there's this old man you know, sitting in his rocking chair in front of the general store. Some you
2: know eager tourists walked up and said, "Anyone famous born here?" And he said, no, just babies. No, <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: that's, that's the church. We all start off as babies. And we'll stay babies. If you don't grow. And sometimes you start off by cutting the meat up into pieces. Or making a puree out of it. But at some point, you got to go beyond that. Uh, so, no, God's book. Know his way and be united to his son Jesus Christ. Wisdom is a person. 1 Corinthians 1.24. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Colossians 1.27. Speaking of the Gentiles. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you hope glory. Colossians 2.3 Speaking of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures, wisdom, and knowledge. Of Jesus. Be united with Jesus. In the prologue of John's Gospel. It's, it's a wisdom passage, if you think about it. He came to his own, and they did not receive him. They did not recognize him. But to as many as did receive him, to them he gave the power you become children of God, children born not of natural means, or a husband's will, but born of God. To know Jesus is to be born again into his family, in him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's where you get wise. So you become a Christian, you become teachable. You ask yourself, how would I live differently if I believed God and obeyed God? And your answer may be a clue to what's holding you back. 32. Do not be like a horse of you, which must be controlled by a bit of bridle, for they will not obey you. I will instruct you and counsel you. So, you may know more about the truth of God than you think you do. Listen carefully. You may know more about the truth of God than you think you know, because you don't really know what you know, because you don't really want to have to... That's just a very sober fact about our the reality, about our lives. Uh, John, Mark, Mark Twain said, you know, it's not the things that I read in the Bible that I don't understand that bother me. It's the things that I do understand. <laughs> and I, I'm here to say, again, as, as a fellow disciple, an apprentice, that chances are, if you're like most Christians, and certainly like me, there's a lot of stuff you know that you don't really admit that you know. Because if you know it, and you admit that you know it, you have to do something well, which leads to my second point. Know God and His ways. Know yourself and your ways if you want to know what's wise and what's mm-hmm. foolish. Listen carefully. Don't trust your heart. Train your heart. Guard your heart. Back to Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. Uh, and understand that your heart is not your feelings. The Bible, it, when the Bible talks about emotion, uh, the part of the body that's that usually talk about it is your, your viscera, your guts. Uh, the heart is the center of your being, your very self. It includes your will, your intellect. It's everything that you are. It, 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 it's the heart of it. It's the place where blood is pumped out from the rest of your soul. Well, we live in a culture that's awash in a sea of feelings. Hmm. Be appropriately suspicious of yourself if you want to be wise. Be your own crap detector. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's a famous saying by Ernest Hemingway when he was asked what makes for a good writer. He said, every good writer has a good crap detector. <laughs> well, you need one if you don't have one. And you have one. Uh, Jesus is in you. Ask him to help you to be appropriately skeptical about how you feel about that. Uh, we, need to, we need to get that out of our vocabulary. Personally, wait—if it's from the heart, we usually mean it's very emotional. Now, guys, I cry in public. Okay, I have a right to say that. It's easy for me to fall. I do it in front of people all the time, but that's not my heart. Or it, it come, maybe maybe it comes out of my heart, but it's not because it's the emotion. It's who I am in your deep self. So, uh, don't trust your heart. Train it. Guard it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything else you do. Close from it. When Jesus talks about the heart, I'm quoting Mark 7, he says, For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside. File, person. So Luke's version of the wise and foolish builders, the wise man takes down the beat and builds on that. Ask yourself, will I obey God's wisdom if I know what it is? And maybe you don't know right yet because you're not willing to obey it. Uh, this is kind of a joke, but it's just so descriptive. Uh, an atheist was walking along a cliff. Uh, it's about a thousand-foot drop down into rocks and, and the ocean. He slipped and fell off the edge, and as he was falling, he grabbed a twig. He was hanging by the twig, and the twig was slowly disengaging from the dirt. And he, who did not believe in God, finally, just in panic, said, "Anyone up there?" <laughs> I spoke. "I am." Says, "Well, can you help me?" Yeah. Well, then help me. God said, let go. And I'll catch you. There was a pause, and he said, anyone else up there? <laughs> <laughs> you well, know, okay, it's, it's funny, but it, you know, it's so true. Tell me what you want me to do. I just said it right here. But then don't, don't keep on asking me. You know? Do it. Get rid of excuses. Uh, again, our culture is a culture full of excuses. And it's, it's probably the result of how pluralistic we become. There are so many different interpretations about any Bible passage. Oh yeah, but that that, that means nothing except that there are so, so many biblical interpretations. Uh, again, Pascal, agreed, great 17th century, you know, not a hero of mine, he said, those who do not love the truth excuse themselves on the basis that it is so don't let yourself be held back. And then, finally, to be wise, ah, next, this is next to last, not the final one. Uh, reckon with your mortality. Uh, make it a point to think about your death. psalm that I pray almost daily, uh, Psalm 90, written by Moses, it's a great psalm. But uh, as he deals, as he thinks about his own failures and the need for God to help him, and this one line I just, I've been saying it over and over again. He it, it says, uh, who knows the power of your anger? Well, your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Teach us to number our days to the right. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. That'll sober you up. We're going to die. There's, there's, a, there's a lighthouse up there. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. He will keep you from all harm. Ultimately. So again, Jesus, full of joy in the Holy Spirit. I love this line. Gospel of Luke. Jesus, full of joy in the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, those who think themselves wise and learned, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. So, who determines right and wrong? You do. You do. You really do. You can set yourself up as the arbiter of right and wrong. Or you can say, God, you determine what's right and wrong. Trust Christ, not yourself. And we say them sometimes, you're not the boss of me. I'll say it again and i say it to yourself. Bless Christ. I closed the story, true story, and it's a picture of what I've been trying to say. Uh, a few years back, I, three of my buddies and I, we climbed Mount Lyle, which is the highest peak in the Yosemite uh, National Park. And two of us were expert mountaineers. And two of us were total rookies. I was one of the rookies. The first night we were out, we camped right at the timberline. And then we are going to, you know, go to the top the next day. There were a lot of, uh, a lot of snow there still, and, and there was a glacier still. And uh, so we wanted to leave early before the sun shone on the glacier very long, and we had to walk anywhere near the glacier, we didn't want to be on a slippery glacier. So uh, the two experts took off in this way, and, uh, being the competitive idiot that I can be sometimes, I said, you know, wouldn't really, it really be cool if I went over there? And I beat them to the peak. I was sitting back on the league, having my lunch, as they scrolled to the top. And I said, hello oh, guys!" And, uh, so my my buddy and I, who was equally ignorant, uh, went that way, and uh, we we got got some ways up. And then the other two guys were over this way. I said, "It looks so. I mean, of course, I can just go over here and, 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 and get the top." Well, my friend, who was uh, he knew how everything was, and he, he said, "I am not going any further." I said, "Okay, fine. Well. I got stuck. I found myself up at the top of this glacier between two rock walls. And I needed to get over the glacier to the other side, at least to find a way to the peak. But the sun was out and the glacier was slippery. And I looked down there and I thought, you know, if I slip on that glacier, I won't stop until I'm in San Francisco. <laughs> and I was stuck. And, you know, no one can hear me. Well, my two buddies who were the experts, uh, one of them had an ice axe and he went looking for me. So he came around in the side and he saw me. And of course he had that satirical grin on his face when he saw how stupid I was. And, and he walked over and he smiled and he said, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to hack out a little foothold here for you on the glacier. And uh, you need to step out onto the foothold and hang it. Bubble, oh, don't lean into the mountain. Now everything in me wants to lean into the mountain. I want how I would become one with the mountain <laughs> hold on to it. But if I do that, you know, I'm just set up for the slip and in San Francisco. So and then I look at that little foothold that and, and says, you, you need to step out, put your foot on the foothold, and then push off and reach out and take my hand. Well, <laughs> I started thinking about our relationship. (laughs) Uh, Had I done anything in the recent past to irritate him, uh, to make him feel vengeful? (laughs) No, he's my friend. He knows what he's doing. I had... who determines right or wrong, you know the answer. How do you hear it? You say to yourself, you're not the boss of me. I'm going to listen. Uh, there's a thing a philosopher calls the, uh, the grammar of existence, and I remember and language determines whether or not you're understandable. And so the grammar of existence
3: wise. Uh, you took the step, you took the hand. So offering, that's the definition of offering. We take the step and, and take the hand Offering The Lord himself is saying, take a step toward me, take my hand, give me you. And when we give him us, everything we have, everything we are, comes with him. That, that's the beauty of this moment in worship. you are saying, Lord, I belong to you. Perhaps you don't belong to him. You're saying, I don't know if I even believe in him. Uh, take the step. Uh, at that point, had it not been Ben's friend, you would have said, you're the guy with the on I'll take the step, I'll take your hand. Uh, and then we'd get to know him. So the Lord is calling you into a relationship with him. If you don't know him then today, perhaps take the step, take his hand and say, Lord, I want to open my heart and my mind to you. If you've been far from the Lord, you feel like I'm not worthy of coming back into his presence, I'm just here as a guest with a friend. Welcome home. Uh, you are uh, invited to take that step, and take that hand, coming back into a relationship with the living all of us as we worship Him today, believing in Him, giving our lives to Him, this is yet one more reminder that trusting in ourselves is not enough. Being burdened with our fears is not enough. Being caught up in our own doubts about God is inadequate when the biggest doubt is about us. So take His hand, take that step as you offer yourself to Him as we continue worshiping the Lord. So Lord Jesus, we thank You that You are enough. And you've given us everything, but you've shown us how to appropriate it, to internalize it in bite-sized pieces. Thank you for speaking through men today. Thank you for speaking through the music and the prayers. Thank you for constantly speaking to us through all creation, reminding us that you love us, and you've come to give us your love in full. We might experience it one day at a time. We might experience you as everyday people walking with you every day. So Lord, as we bring our tithes, our offerings, and especially as we bring ourselves, we take this, we take your hand. We thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. For all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. get us through. Again, it is Ben said so well. It's about letting him train our hearts in righteousness that our hearts can be filled with him. So now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord who loves you more than you could ask or even imagine Give you everything you need to walk in newness and fullness of life with Him one day at a time, both now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.